Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to speak to you today about something that I feel is, um, is a very deep subject. And it's not something that you can grasp in your mind. And so we're going to, you know, sometimes people say it's more caught than taught. And so what I want to talk to you today about is, is something that is deep. And it's, you're going to have to catch it with your spirit. It's not something that you're going to be able to understand in your intellect. In fact, I was thinking about this. The smarter you are today, the harder of a time you're going to have. Okay? So some of you are not going to have a hard time at all. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to have a hard time with this. I can just tell. I'm the smartest person in the room. If we could go ahead and put the title up. I want to talk to you today about Come close, Holy Spirit. I invite you, Holy Spirit, come close. And I want to talk to you about our relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. And that's why this is not easy to understand intellectually, because your mind cannot comprehend God. Your mind cannot comprehend God and how He is or who He is. Um, it comes along for the ride and it tries to and so forth. But this is something God has to speak to us into the part of us that is the spirit man. And so your spirit or the deep part of who it is you really are. You know, some people call it the heart. But, but it's actually the spirit of, 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 that's been recreated in, in your new birth in Christ the spirit man can comprehend or can understand as God speaks to me in the spirit, I can hear and understand. And so today I want to talk to you about this relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit, because I believe that we do not understand it much at all. And when I say we, I mean we, I, you, we don't understand it much at all. And Partly, I believe it's because we try to understand things in our heads. And this cannot be understood in the head. But secondly, I believe it is one of the foremost areas the devil will target to try to bring a distance between you and the Holy Spirit. He, he will put all of his efforts into you not understanding who you are to God and who God is to you in this close relationship that you should have and, and is, are destined to have with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your friend. He relates to you as a friend, a close, loving, intimate helper, friend. And the devil does not want that to happen. And so how he distances you, come close, Holy Spirit, how he distances you is in your lack of understanding. You don't get it? You don't know? Who, yeah, I mean, I, I pray and, you know, I sing and I guess that's my relationship with the Holy Spirit. But, but the deep things that God really wants us to understand about who he is in the Holy Spirit, in our lives, uh, the devil comes to create confusion. And I think there's probably no much more, more confusion on the Christian than about the Holy Spirit and who he is. Now, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. This, this is different. This is the evidence of a gift of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit God, the third person of the Trinity. 
And so the devil comes to distance you from God and create confusion even in the church. Who is the Holy Spirit? What role does he have? And, and you have to understand, and I, if we can only understand, you know, in this context, that the Father had a great move, we call them dispensations, in the Old Testament through the prophets and the judges and the, and the leaders in Israel and so forth. God had a great, the, the Father had a great move in Israel through the prophets and the, and, the, and the judges and kings and so forth. And then Jesus, the Son, comes and redeems us through the cross. Here is the work of the Son on the cross. But then comes the work of the Holy Spirit we see from the New Testament or after the cross. Here comes the Holy Spirit to, to reside on us and in us so that now we can walk in the redeemed. And so, so what was so cool in the Old Testament, shadowed or foreshadowed in the Old Testament, Jesus came and he became the living sacrifice died on the cross for us, but now sends us the Holy Spirit to walk with us. So now, this is an amazing thing. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. I have come alive inside. I've come alive eternally in the Spirit. But now I walk. I walk now with the Lord. He's on me and he's in me. It's amazing. It's hard to comprehend. We don't get it. Can you say amen? amen. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to get it. Father, I ask you, God, to come now, Lord. Open our hearts. Open our spirits. Speak to us, Lord, in revelation. That we might understand, Lord, that you're with us and in us and on us and close. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come close to us, we pray. Open up our minds and our hearts, Lord. Reveal to us who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord wants to come and have a friendship with you, walking and talking and listening while you're learning and growing on a practical level, but also, and maybe most importantly, on a supernatural level, that God would be in your life in power, in miracles, and, and I don't want to get too far down that road because then you'll lose the, the most important part and that is that God is with you because you don't seem like you're a miracle worker. I'm telling you, forget that then. Let's just talk about you going to the grocery store. God is with you. He loves you. He loves the beach because you love the beach. He put the beach in you. Amen? You can't even tell me what you like about the beach. It's just the sand on everything. In my sandwich, in my hair, on my feet, in my shorts. It's just the sand. It can't be the sand. 
The Lord loves the beach because you love the beach. The Lord loves to go to work with you. The Lord loves to speak to you. The Lord loves to show you things. He likes to show you things that you don't know. He wants to talk with you. The highest form of life that you will ever live can only come in the Holy Spirit. The highest form of life that you will ever live, what you were really destined for. You know, a lot of times we say, I feel there's something great in me. That's God. It's not you. There's nothing good in you, <laughs> right? You're just a person, but you feel like there's something great in you. You feel like you could understand profound things. You feel like you could be a great parent. You could be a great person. You could be a great boss. You, you could be a great writer, a, a great singer. You feel like there's, that's the Holy Spirit in you saying, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm on you. And yes, you were destined to do great things, including miracles. But let's not talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Because if I talk about that now, you'll get confused and think it's only for John the Baptist. Can I tell you something? John the Baptist was just like you. He could be sitting next to you right now. You wouldn't even know it, except that he has on camel's hair and he eats grasshoppers. But other than that, you wouldn't know it. Paul the Apostle, you would not know it because you're just like them. You are a vessel created by God for God to indwell. And we think about Solomon's temple and how it was a, one of the seven wonders of the world. It was created by these giant rocks, some of them over 30 feet long and deep and wide. How could they even move them? Limestone, white, gleaming, covered in gold, hammered gold. The whole temple filled with gold and silver, so much so that you couldn't count it. And yet, it was not the beauty of the temple that you are created by God to live in you. You are the beautiful temple. That's just the Old Testament type where the Lord said, Let's do something as beautiful as anybody could ever imagine. You would come over the hill and see Jerusalem and the, and the temple would be gleaming, shining with gold as the sun reflected off of it. And God says, that's not really, that's a temple made by hands. I'm going to make a temple and indwell this temple. You don't know how beautiful you are to the Lord. You don't know how much he really wants to walk with you and talk with you like he did with Adam. He wants to do it with you. It's such a powerful thing. It's such a profound thing. The Holy Spirit is God's gift. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the gift of God to us. He gave the gift of himself to us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, Jesus, to redeem us. And then he gave us the Holy Spirit to indwell us. He's given us everything. Do we know how close God wants to be in our lives? Do we know how close he wants to be? Or are we a bit confused? Not too sure about the Holy Spirit. 
He's mysterious, and I don't know. He only comes when I pray. Or if I pray, he comes. If I pray and I worship, I can feel him close. Can I tell you, God is always close. He's always close. (laughs) This is not even really a great title. It's hard to figure out. Come close, Holy Spirit. The Lord's saying, what kind of a, what kind of a question is that? I am close. I'm in you. I'm on you. Maybe you need to come close to the Holy Spirit. But you're not even not close because he's in you and on you. It's your mind that has distanced and, and caused confusion about this whole thing. And I want you to, I want to, I want you to get, catch with your spirit that God indwells you now. You don't have to work at it. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit has been given to you. It is a gift. You don't have to stretch. You don't have to cry. You don't have to yell. You don't have to stress. It's a gift. Amen? Well, I know when I misbehave, he takes off. Nope. Nope. Let's read in John chapter 14. Jesus says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. That means he will never leave you. He will be with you forever. He will never leave you or forsake you. When you've been bad, maybe the Holy Spirit is sad, but he's not not close. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. Talks about the the seeing, perceiving, or knowing. But the world can't accept him. And here's the problem. A lot of the world is on us. And we have a hard time accepting or seeing, or knowing. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And I'll tell you, the key to knowing the Holy Spirit is to have him with you and in you. And, 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 to, and to get that perception from just a concept that we read in Scripture into our hearts to know that he is with me. He is with me. He is with me. He is with me. He is in me. He is on me. As I walk, as I talk, as I go to the beach, as I drive, as I contemplate, I I have to say, we have so little time to even acknowledge the Holy Spirit that we forget about him. We are distanced. We're so busy trying to do things. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I feel like I just need to say this. We're trying to do things he's already given us. We're trying to get somewhere he's already given us. We're trying to accomplish something he's already accomplished. And we're headed in the wrong direction because really it should be in him and with him. He's going to bring it to pass. It says this in Romans, the eighth chapter. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, everybody say in. In. If he's living in me, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. And I want you to know that's capital L. It's abundant life. 
It's extreme life. It's eternal life. You want joy. You want fulfillment. You want destiny. You want, you want accomplishment. It's already been given to you in the Holy Spirit. Amen? He's, he, he, he will give life to your mortal or your weak or your human, and I'm not even saying sinful here, but your weak bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Now, Paul talks about this in, in 1 Corinthians. He talks about it because he's trying to talk to the Corinthian church because they were so human. They were so um, petty. They, they, they were struggling with forgiveness and bitterness and jealousies and, and quarrels and all kinds of different things. And so Paul has to talk to the Corinthian church and tell them, I, I, I want to I bring to you this message that, that is deeper than just you know, salvation, but I couldn't speak to you as spiritual because you were mere babies, weak, unable to really comprehend the deeper things. He said, but we do have a deeper message. And I, this is what I'm trying to preach to you today. This deeper message says this in 1 Corinthians 2, cha uh, chapter 2, verse 6. Paul says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. People that aren't babies, but not the wisdom of this age. Can I tell you something, church? If you want, if you want the wisdom that is from God, you will never get it out there. You will never get it out there. Shut your television off. Shut your phones off. And there's nothing you're going to hear out there that is ever going to be the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this age. Popular things to believe. Or of the rulers of this age. Pop, pop rulers. You know, if you, you, you listen now, what, everybody, what everybody's saying, you know, you know what they're saying. You know what they said. You know, you know what they're saying now. You know they. Who's they? The rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, the Bible says. They're nothing. <laughs> Look, I know they're telling you this is my truth. This right now, I'm just telling you my truth. Okay, we don't care about your truth. It's coming to nothing. It's the wisdom of this age. It doesn't even make sense. It's totally upside down. It even sounds crazy. If I look into the scripture, what you're saying is, is wisdom is actually, I don't want to say stupid because my grandson says, Papa, don't say stupid. But he's not here right now, and it is stupid. <laughs> stupid. I get such good counsel from my grandson. It really comes from his mom and his dad, you know. And then he goes home and he rats me out. Pop, Papa says, stupid. <laughs> Teach him all these words. Verse 7 says, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom. I want you to know, a wisdom that has been hidden. It's hidden. It is not understood. It is not on the surface. And that God destined for our glory before time began. The, 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 the wisdom that Paul is trying to tell them about is the fact that you are now married to Christ. In John 17, Father, that they would be in us. As I am in you, they would be in us and us in them. Paul talks about it. This great mystery between a man and a woman where the two become one. And he says, but I speak of Christ and the church. Married can this be? Married to the Lord. 
the two become one. He in you. And you in him. Walking on the earth. See, you already have eternal life. You're not going to go to heaven and get eternal life. You have it now. You're not going to go to heaven and get God. He's in you now. If you've been to the cross, if you've surrendered your life to Christ. Verse 8, but none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord. None of the Pharisees, none of the rulers of that age, none of the mucky mucks, not, not all the, the wise and so-called people of the temple and all that, they didn't understand it because they were thinking in their heads, not with their spirits. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Nobody has seen, nobody has heard about this, and no mind could possibly conceive of this. What things, I added this word, it's, it's, some, it's in some versions, but no mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. No mind has conceived of it. And yet, because it's hidden. But God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. Spirit to spirit. Lord, help me. Open my spirit, God, so that I can understand it. Because no eye can see it. No ear can hear it. No mind can conceive of it. I have to, I ha I have, to have it revealed to me. Revelation by the spirit of God to my spirit. The glory that God has for us, that I would be able to walk with God in me, on me, around me. You know, when you think about the Old Testament where the Ark of the Lord, which is the, a type of the presence of God, came into Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible says that everything around Obed-Edom's house was blessed. I think that's how your house is. I think if you walk down the street, you, I can almost tell when I come to your house. Something here. There's something here. It's your house. The Spirit of God is there. The presence of the Lord is there. The connection that God has to the earth is the Christian, is the person that has the indwelling Godhead, Holy Spirit, in them. Do you understand why I'm saying this has to be caught, not taught? Because it's too hard to conceive of this. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God is in you and in your house and in your kids and around your house. He is with you and in you. It's too glorious to even comprehend. The Spirit searches or understands all these things, even the deep things of God, or especially the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man... Spirit within him. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So God is telling us about God and the things of God. In verse 12, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And, and Paul is saying, listen, you're not any longer of the world. But it has crept into the church. It's diminished our thoughts about God and who he is and who we are. And so we think we're distant from the Lord. And I haven't really behaved myself, and so God is afar off. Not knowing, that's completely false. God, the Holy Spirit, is a gift to you that God will not take back. He is with you. Have you been bad? The Holy Spirit is with you. Maybe sad, but he's not left. 
and he's there to help. And, you know, without trying to gloss over our sin, but the Lord knew who you were before he came and lived in you. He kind of knows you're a knucklehead. And again, I'm not trying to gloss over sin because I do believe that God wants us to start to understand that he wants us to live an upright and a holy life. Can you say amen? amen. But he knows you're a knucklehead. He knows you get angry. He knows you freak out. He knows you let a little swear word slip out every now and then. And the person next to you says every now and then. <laughs> Come on. God takes off. He doesn't take off. He knew you were going to swear. He's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of your sin, your swear. Huh? He's a big God. He's a loving God. Merciful. Loves you. Delights in you rejoices over you, dances over you. We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. <clears throat> Again, this glory, the role and the relationship of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we speak, Paul says, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. And the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. And that's why a lot of what's not in the church is because we have a lot of the world that's in the church or a lot of the humanness or a lot of carnality that's in the church that cannot accept the things that come from the Spirit. We can't not accept it. I can't even, can't even comprehend it. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know where you're getting all this. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on going. I'm just going to, I, 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 oh, hey, I can't handle it, all right? So just save it. Tell one of your Christian, you know, holy roller friends all this stuff or whatever. Have I mocked that person enough that you have in you on your shoulder part of who it is we are, we have to battle. Is the person that wants to be so smart or so intellectual or so lazy? I gotta throw that person down because I need to press in and come close to the Holy Spirit. Man without the Spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Don't let anybody tell you the Holy Spirit is foolish. Don't let anybody tell the worship, tell you that worship is foolish. Singing to God is foolish. Praying in your spirit language is foolish. Don't let anybody tell you that. They, they cannot accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They don't understand it, and so they speak foolishly. <clears throat> Amen. You know, God's greatest desire is that he would walk with you in your life. This is the desire of the Lord. Do you know how you can tell? Because when you look in the very beginning in the garden with Adam, God wanted to come, the Bible says, and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. This is the desire. It is the nature of God to want to be with you and in you. Now, God, is not, God is not grudgingly coming into your life. All right. I got to go in him? That's not how God is. God, God, God can't wait for the cool of the day to say, I'm going to go hang with Adam. 
He can't wait for the morning for you to make your coffee so that he can come into the kitchen with you. The Lord loves being with you and in you. This is the nature of God. What is the nature of the Holy Spirit? He loves to be with you and in you. That's who, that's who he wants to be. This is the will of God for himself. I know what I want, and I want him. I know what I want, and I want her. I want to come with her, come into her, live with her, help her, counsel her, comfort her, make coffee with her, go to the beach with her, change poopy diapers with her. This is God the lover of who it is you are and what it is you do. In the second verse of the Bible, we meet the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God began to hover over the earth. And this concept, and, and you know, after the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth, life came into the earth. Let there be light, let there be plants, let there be living things. God began to speak after, as the Holy Spirit hovered, as the Holy Spirit brooded. It's like a, the picture of a hen brooding over her chicks. The Holy Spirit came and overshadowed the earth, and then life came into the earth. And that same imagery we see in the New Testament when the Holy Spirit came and brooded over Mary and what was conceived into Mary was the life, eternal life of Christ came into Mary. And the, this is the nature of the Holy Spirit to come and brood over you. I want you to know that he will brood over your life the way he brooded over Mary. The way he brooded in the second verse of the Bible over the earth and life was formed. You can never have the life that you're designed for God to to design your life to be unless the Holy Spirit is brooding over you. Now listen, that's why our, our, our request is come close, Holy Spirit. And however I figure this out, God, I need you to brood over me. I don't want to be against you. I don't want to distance myself. I don't want to pretend I don't know you. I don't want to just uh, go on. Lord, come close and show me what that means that you would brood over my life the way you brooded over Mary, the way you brooded over the earth. This is the nature of God, that he would brood over Paul the Apostle. He would brood over John. He would brood over the early disciples, and in them was life. Peter came to life. Paul came to life. The same Holy Spirit wants to brood over you. And I think of it this way. If you were in a courtroom, again, we have to get a concept of what God wants to do with us and how he wants to work with us. If you were in a courtroom and you were standing before the judge, God the Father, and he was right ready to pronounce judgment on you and you are guilty as sin and you know it. Guilty as sin and you know it. And the Father is getting ready to pronounce judgment over you. And Jesus steps in front of you and says, can, you, can I take the punishment of his sin on my life? And the father says, done. But now, what? Is he still going to live in bondage? 
Is he still going to go the wrong way? Is he still going to get around the wrong people? And Jesus says, no, I want to ask you, judge, if we could send with him a wise counselor, someone that will walk with him, love him, be with him, give him, give him advice, tell him which way to go, guide him, lead him. Well, how close will this person have to be? How about in him, on him, every day, while he's making his coffee, while he's driving to work? Could, could you just picture the person saying, uh, wow, that's incredible. And Jesus turns and says, can you do that? And you say, I mean, I don't know if I can talk to him all the time. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, friends. I mean, I, I, I don't know if, I mean, maybe on Sunday, a couple hours, I can spend with the Holy Spirit, you know. But it, could you imagine that? You can't imagine that, can you? And yet that's what we do. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to live bondage free, to live, to live in and with God himself. And yet we say, I, I don't really know if I want to talk to him on the way to work. I'm listening to some filthy sewage porn through my radio. <laughs> I need to get that all over me before I go into work. And now they're doing this and the economy is doing that. And the president said this and now they're doing that. That's what I need to get on me. The Holy Spirit said, you should shut that off. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be listening to some music and I'll hear the Holy Spirit say, you should shut that off. Sometimes I realize it's not coming from my car, it's coming from the car next to me, you know. And all I hear is, you should kill a man, shoot a man, kill a man. I'm like, no wonder this guy gets an AK-47 and, and goes shopping. It's pumping into their spirits nonstop. Could it possibly be good for them when I pull up next to them and all of a sudden I feel like, I feel like I'm being violated? Isn't this true? And the Holy Spirit says, you should shut that off. Shut that guy off. Shut that news off. Shut all this stuff off. Could you open up the Bible? Could you open up the Bible? Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is not performance-based. It's not how good we do. It's not how much we can ascend intellectually. It's a gift given to us. And the highest form of life we will ever live the attributes of God that will be in us, compassion, love, mercy, kindness, gentleness, wisdom, joy. See, you think you're going to get joy from a new car. It doesn't come from that. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He, he is the one who has the joy that he wants to bring into you. Can you say amen? Yes. See, some, some Christians think salvation is enough. But the Corinthians were saved, and yet they were squabbling and, and, and mere babies. Some people think the Bible is all you need. But the Pharisees knew the commas and the periods throughout the Scripture. They knew everything about Scripture, and yet they crucified Christ. Some people think church is enough, but I want you to know it's not enough. 
You have to have the Holy Spirit brooding over you, in you, and on you. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to give you a couple more verses here. John chapter 6, it says this. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh counts for nothing. I don't mind my humanness. I just wish God would come and live with me so that I could have the spirit and life. In John 7, it says this in verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And by this he meant the spirit, who those who believe in him were later to receive. Streams, I want streams of living water to flow from me. Come, Holy Spirit, come close to me. You know, next week I want to talk about uh, how we can avail ourselves to the Holy Spirit because we are blockheads. And, and I say that in a, in, in a kind way. God has given us uh, analytical minds, but sometimes it gets in the way. How do we get it out of the way? How do we become tender to the Holy Spirit? How do we, how do we speak with Him? How do, we, how do we commune with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, you know, with daily things, you not being perfect, but God's not leaving you. How do we do that? In 1 Corinthians, I want to close with this. Paul tells them, the Corinthian church, do you not know? Because this is hidden knowledge, secret, has to be revealed to you. It's difficult to understand. Hardly can be comprehended. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Everybody say in. And whom you have received from God. You are a temple. God's not looking to make you any better before he just comes in and comes on you. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.